Hey everyone, this is a very special episode because we have uh, another special guest, uh, a member of the Packers, kicker J.J. Molson, joined us on the pod today. And Dane, uh, it was really interesting to talk to J.J. and, and get some of his perspectives on what it's like to be in the mind of a kicker. Yeah, it, it, he was a really fun guy to talk with. We we ended up, you know, normally we do 20, 25-minute interviews. We ended up going closer to an hour because uh, he's just, in, you know, broadly an interesting person, um, you know, thoughtful guy, deep guy, and uh, but also dove really deep into the, the art of kicking. Uh, there's so many mental aspects of it. Uh, talked about his his role with the team, uh, his relationship with Mason Crosby, and just a ton of other stuff. So yeah, Wags. I mean, just this was this one was fun on a football level, but I think also just a, a, on a person level, he he kind of brought it all uh, to the pod uh, today. Yeah, it's really interesting. Sometimes we and I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure you are too. Just think of these guys as is football players and they need to go out there and get the job done. And certainly that's, that's a big aspect of our relationship with them. No doubt about it. But uh, it was, uh, it was just, if you really want to appreciate all of the aspects that go into making a kick on a windy, cold day at Lambeau field, you'll like this episode uh, because uh, he goes pretty deep into and I thought showed some vulnerability to you in, in some of the mental aspects and the things that, that they're really having to think about. So um, it, it gives gave, definitely gave me a renewed appreciation for just how darn difficult that job really is. Yeah. No, you're right. So, I mean, folks, uh, buckle up for this one. It's, it's, an, it's a blast, and, and hopefully, you know, we're able to reconnect with J.J., uh, once camp starts, but but for now, uh, you know we're getting our interview series underway with the uh, kicker JJ Molson, UCLA product, now number nine for your Green Bay Packers. in horseshoes and hand grenades There ain't no second place in Lambo it's a whole new game With us now is Green Bay Packers kicker JJ Molson JJ thanks so much for joining the show Yeah no thank you uh for having me this is like my uh first podcast I'm doing so well, we're really excited to talk to you. I know we've been talking for a little bit, and certainly we wish that we would have gotten one more game from you guys, but that's neither here nor there. We're moving forward at this point. So, uh, But, J.J., we always ask, uh, what is it like to be a Green Bay Packer? Man, um, <laughs> honestly, it's it's really hard to put into words. Um, I mean, I, I remember I was – you know, free agent just training, and um, I got the text to come have a workout back in November. And once I saw the Packers, I'm like, oh my god! Like, you always know about the history and um, how it's one of the most prestigious, you know, organizations in the NFL. Um, some of the best fans in the league, and 
just to wear those colors and and to be inside the the locker room and the facility and just the energy on game days it's really hard to describe like I would literally pinch myself every day that I would wake up like I love football so much that you know I would die for this sport and to be part of an organization an organization that's just um how do I say it? It's such a high character culture. Um, the guys in the locker room are awesome. Um, man, it's all about ball. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to describe. I mean, I'm a kid from Montreal, so for me to be here right now, um, like I never thought, you know, this would ever be possible. So it's like I'm in the locker room with elite athletes and, um, just everyone in in the the building is super nice, so it's been uh, I mean more than I can ever ask for. You know what I mean? Even though we didn't go all the way to be in in that environment for playoff football, um, practicing in you know zero degree weather um, in January. I mean that's what every football kid you know dreams for. So it's been. Uh, you know, it's been a very, very uh, cool experience for sure. So, JJ, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, um, you know, growing up in Montreal. Mm-hmm. How does a young man come from Montreal and end up going to college at UCLA? Which, yeah. I mean, folks, look at a map. They ain't close. Uh, so you got to go there, and then now you end up in Green Bay. So how do you become, you know, go from a kid in Canada to a kicker at the NFL level? Yeah, um, so it's it was definitely a complicated process for sure. Um, not only trying to get the, the exposure, but then also having to deal with the NCAA and making sure you're eligible as a – international player well from Canada it's not too international but you kind of get it um there's kind of different rules but you know as a kicker um kid three years older than me that went to my school yeah three or four years older named David Smith he ended up doing these uh kicking camps and he ended up going to Dartmouth um so I kind of looked up to him I'm like oh my god like let me try this. This is pretty cool. Like you can play football, go to the States. Um, so I ended up picking football my junior year. I was playing different sports. So I'm like, all right, this is probably my best shot to kind of get to the States. So I ended up doing all these different combine camps um, for kickers. And you pretty much had like the top kids go to these camps. So when the colleges are looking to see who the top kids in high school are, they'll go to these rankings and ask the coaches to run the camps. Like how, how is this kid and stuff? So, you know, I was fortunate enough to um, get recognized by some of these schools. And, um, you know, I ended up choosing UCLA, which was uh, super awesome. I mean, my uncle, my mom's brother, He's been living here since the late 80s. So we've been always coming down. We've always been coming down to California uh, since I was a kid, like uh, just to play golf on Christmas break and spring break. So I always loved the West Coast. And um, yeah, 
playing for Coach Moore on my first two years, that was pretty pretty cool. I mean, that family has a lot of history in um, UCLA too, so it was definitely a, a dream come true to uh, be able to play college football at UCLA. For sure. And JJ, I saw that your background uh, in high school before you started playing football was in soccer, golf, and tennis, yeah. basketball. So you played a lot of different sports. Um, how, what did your background in some of those other sports um, enable for you? or did that, How did that help you to prepare you for playing football and then moving on and playing at a D1 level and, and now in the NFL? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I think like being a kicker, it's a very specialized position, but I feel like if you have like an athletic ability with different sports, um, like you can always hone in on those details. But to be an athlete first, like that's what I was really happy with. My parents did. It's like I got to play different sports. So I didn't focus on one. So, you know what I mean? Like I'd always be playing outside with my friends, like um, – playing different sports I didn't get burnt out on one when I was young so you know I got to I have first of all I got to have fun with sports so it made me love sports because there was no pressure with it um you know I associate fun with sports and then to kind of play different ones you have that kind of you build up those athletic um abilities in yourself and once you get to college football, how do I describe it? I mean, with experience and, and like the training, you kind of really focus in on, on your craft. And it's very different. I mean, coming from high school to college, you get into that routine of, you know, waking up super early. I remember we used to train at 5, 5.45 at UCLA. A lot of teams do that. But for me, that was kind of like a, a big switch. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't love football as much when I got to college. Cause it was like a big shot and like, um, definitely wasn't prepared for my freshman season. Um, so I struggled a lot and it, it was tough because I was a true freshman. And, um, I mean, you struggle with a lot of people watching and supporting the team. Like, you're 19, you're a kicker. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> miss a kick and then you go back to the, the sideline. Sorry for my swearing, by the way. Um, That's okay. Yeah. So Special it's like, can say what they want you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're kind of thrown into the fire, but then it really toughens you up. And like, I started to understand what this thing was all about. And once you, you understand, like, Football all comes from playing in games really comes from, from your, your preparation, like performance in games. That's, that's what it comes down to. You get in, you get out what you put into it. Um, that's what coach Kelly always preaches about. So it's like, I started to understand that. And I mean, you learn a lot just from the sacrifices, you know, not going to the parties as much and, um, you know, waking up on the mornings on weekends to go to the field instead of sleeping in and being hungover. Um, I don't know how we got to talking about this. Oh, from, it's from it's, it's good. And I'm, I'm sorry. 
it's no, don't don't be. It's really interesting to kind of hear your perspective on this because um, your position as a kicker, um, you know, there there's a mental toughness to every position on the football field, but there's a significant mental toughness for a kicker, right? And I mean, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not telling you. I hopefully I'm uh, sharing with our audience because, I mean, you're sitting on the sideline watching guys, you know, march up and down the field, and then they call on you to go out and swing the leg, and, you know, fans aren't happy unless it's 100% of the time. So how how do you prepare for that, uh, both on game day, but just, you know, day-to-day, because so much of it is dependent on very pressurized situations? Yeah, no, I mean, that's um, that's a great question, because, you know, I'm still learning, and I think I learned a lot just being in Green Bay and and learning from Mason. I mean, like, going into this offseason, like, I have so many different things that I'm going to be working on that I didn't even do last offseason. <laughs> um, and I think so much of it that people forget is the mental side. And getting those reps in – without touching the ball physically, without swinging your leg. And I think the more repetitions you do in your mind, I mean, you can't really distinguish. Your your mind doesn't distinguish what's real and what's, wrong, what's not. So, I mean, um, the more you, you put yourself in those situations, whether it's like a practice scenario in your mind or a mock game, um, the more reps you do, the more familiarized you become with it. Um, you know, those mental reps are huge. And then breathing is also a big component to it too. Um, you know, being able to control, I mean, you're obviously going to get butterflies and heart rate obviously jumps naturally, but to be able to control that when you need to through deep breaths and, um, it just centralizes your whole body and your thoughts and breath is something that I really didn't look at and thought, I mean, I always had it in my routine, but to really understand that you can practice it and you can train being in that zone through breathing by going to cold um, and really trains your mind to, to, to focus on your process. Um, I think that, those two are huge. Obviously, I mean, training um, like an athlete, um, you know, making sure your physical body is is on point. But when you understand that when you play, you know, it's 90% mental and then 95% of the mistakes you make, usually mental, if you don't, in your preparation, if you don't have at least 50% for your mental side, and 50% for your physical, like mental and spiritual, honestly, for me, that's, that's huge. Like just to, to be able to let go knowing that God has a plan for me. And I think for me, it was really apparent. Like I really see this as my second shot because looking back at my college career, I feel like I could have done a lot more if I was really in the present moment and took everything, um, I feel like I took stuff for granted and I wish I could go back and not change it because I learned like what I have to do now. And I'm a lot more appreciative of, of um, 
the opportunity I have to play football. Like, <laughs> you don't understand just sitting at, like, thinking that this is done, looking back, like, how much fun it is to be in the locker room, to, you know, get on a plane with your team, um, to go play football. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I'm, it's August and I'm, um, in my apartment and I'm not with the team. I'm not in training camp. I'm like, dude, I've missed this so much. And I thought, it's not that I thought I wouldn't, it really hit me once it was gone. Like, so for me now, it's like, I want to do everything in my power to prepare to my fullest, to my utmost, like, potential. So I can say, all right, I gave it everything. Like, and once you can say that, especially that's what I learned when I can say that, especially going into games and like, yeah, I'm prepared for this. Like I did what I had to do. And that's the way it would feel. I practiced because I was doing everything right. When I was there with the Packers, like I could go and kick freely. There's nothing holding me back. Cause I have like a clear, clear frame of mind knowing that I had to do everything I need to do to prepare for that. Even if it's practice, like making sure I have that same, intensity focus for a scout kickoff because I mean first of all all eyes are on you at all times so you can't mess up because <laughs> you're replaceable I'm a kicker going into camp so it's like I have to be on my a game every day because there's how many kickers come in into the league every year so it's really like you can't just relax um so you have that in your back of your mind but to really like put your best foot forward every time I practice you got to do stuff behind the scenes whether it's doing the mobility work in the morning um you know getting my mental reps in before I go to sleep practicing my breathing exercise before I do my visualization so I have have a very calm um calm frame of mind so I can visualize the positive outcomes so there's a lot of stuff I learned um and I mean, just seeing the way Mason prepares and seeing his demeanor, I mean, you see why he's a Hall of Fame kicker and <laughs> why he was perfect last year. So it's like, it's been unreal to be able to uh, learn from him and kick with him and um just so grateful. So you're mentioning Mason and mental preparation is so fascinating. Dane, I think, you know, not to understate that, but... I actually think that being a kicker is one of the loneliest positions in all of professional sports mm-hmm. because you're on a team, but you're kind of by yourself in many ways. And it's not like, you know, you don't have your teammates to have that camaraderie with, but the mental side of that, because it's not just letting yourself down, potentially it's letting the team down and having that pressure is immense. So it's fascinating to hear the mental aspect and for you to share that I think is, is just so cool. Um, can you share a little bit, maybe what you picked up from Mason on the physical preparation side? Because here's a guy that's been in the league forever and he's still running down the field on kickoff, throwing his body around. And I wish he wouldn't have to, (laughs) to be honest with you, because he's so important to that organization. Um, so tell us a little bit about that because my goodness, that's got to be just both inspiring and just, you know, for a guy that age to be doing that and, and, you know, no offense, but 
you guys as kickers aren't necessarily the ones we want to be trying to make the tackle, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about what you learned from watching Mason uh, on the physical side and what he does and what you do uh, as well to prepare um, and, and to be on your A game and as sharp as you can uh, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, Mason, too, is a fallen athlete. Um, so, I mean, the guys in the weight room in the off season, but definitely in season, it's a lot different in terms of what you're doing physically to prepare. I think there's a balance between kind of like maintaining, right? Um, but if you look at his size, like dude's built like a linebacker. <laughs> so, um, I mean, like as a kicker, it's like you're always gonna, if you see the guy come out on, on kickoff, like you're always gonna go for the tackle. Um, so physically wise, what I've learned from him, it's like, I don't think I'd say I'd learned like a lot from him physically, physically wise, I'd say it'd be a lot more like what kind of ball to hit into the wind or like, um, what to like, just his whole thought process on like a game winner or just seeing how he can really like hit a ball he needs to hit. And it's not always hitting his biggest ball. Like, like he it's, 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 he's kind of toned it down to where like, if he needs to make it, he's going to make it and he can, and he does it like he showed it last year. So it's like, yeah, you have to be there physically. You need the leg strength to kick the ball, especially in the cold. Um, but it's being able to adjust. Like I remember him telling me about, you know, kicking in Chicago on the field. Like not many, not many people understand. Like, all right, you're kicking on a field, but like a grass field in late December. All right, it's very tough for a kicker to kick on because first of all, the whole team has been playing there for a couple months now and it's pretty beat up. So it's like you get out there, you have to find a spot for the holder to hold it. You you don't want the ball to be kind of inside a divot, right? So you need to find the right spot. You need to make sure that you don't slip on your plant foot. So he was telling me how he had to adjust, um, you know, going a bit less uh, aggressive into his plant. That way he can get a good con. So he has so much experience on little stuff like that that you'd never really think of. Like, all right, let me widen my stance a bit so I have a bit more like control. Or, all right, let me put my chest back a bit when it's a bit um, when the wind's at my back or stuff like that. Um, and then seeing him just execute, like, dude's a stone cold killer. Like, when he's in, like, he's in. Like, I just watch his face and see his focus in his eyes and it's like he repeats it so well and it's so cool to watch so like seeing him in the weight room it's not like I'm seeing him full out because it's a maintaining period but I'm sure he gets after it in the off season but the mental side like he still does his visualizations he still does all like the the practice uh steps and you see why he's a Hall of Fame kicker. So for me, it's like, dude, to be able to learn and to see him play in playoff conditions, 
just to see him like when he's focused, he's focused, but dude has fun at practice, like super chill, like um, made me feel super uh, at home when I got there, like couldn't ask for a better like mentor to learn from for sure. That's so cool. And uh, I, 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 and forgive me, but the, the science of kicking is something that's really interesting uh-huh. because it is, it's such a unique part of the sport. Um, question I had for you is the snapper, the holder, the timing. I mean, for someone like you, you come in, uh, you did, tr- you tried out with us in November, uh, yep. but you signed in December, correct? So, um, going off of memory a little bit here, but, um, so you, you're a late arrival to the team. Um, from a practice standpoint, I mean, how important is it to have comfort in your holder and, and in your, your snapper? Cause I, just from looking at it from a bird's eye view, so much of it is timing and, yeah. um, you know, so, so what's your comfort level there? And just, I guess overall in your career, I mean, is that something that um, fans maybe overlook a little bit too is, you know, um, the, the importance of the holder and long snapper uh, and it's uh, importance for you to make your kicks. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think anytime that you look at a group like the Ravens where you know, Tucker, I think their snapper just got released, but I mean, they were together for like 10 years. Yeah. Any thought, anytime you have an operation like that where the chemistry is so like built in and you like, you guys know your every move, like it's so easy for Justin and, and the guys, it goes so smoothly. Um, but I feel like in this profession, you just kind of have to deal with what, what you're thrown at or like what's thrown at you. Um, I mean, I know there's guys that will go into tryouts with a guy that's they've never helped for or has never helped for them. And I mean, you just got to make your kicks. Like even at the combine, I mean, the only practice we got was the warmups in, in the session. It was all live. Um, so I feel like, yeah, the more, the more reps you get together, I think it, Definitely, definitely develops that chemistry, um, and it helps a lot. But as a kicker, it's like you can't let that determine whether you make your kicks or not. Like the ball's down, you gotta make it. <laughs> like kick it and make it. So it's like, I mean, once you have a good process and stuff, like there will be like. Uh, shaky snaps there will be shaky holds and as a kicker you can't really flinch you just gotta trust yourself and put a a good stroke on um and yeah a lot of times like that'll happen in games but the like you see the really good kickers don't get flustered by that they're able to um stay really focused on their their keys and their process and they trust themselves so yeah so speaking of the science of kicking, one of the things I've always been fascinated by, uh, kind of like Dane, is the onside kick. Uh-huh. And it seems like the last couple of seasons, we've seen a lot of kickers get really creative in how they place the ball, hmm. kind of what they're trying to do when they kick that ball and put it into play. So, you know, I have to imagine that a lot of – I mean – I think Mason's a big time golfer too. You probably didn't get a chance to get out there in the cold with, with mm. him. Uh, but, um, you know, just thinking of the spin and the bounces, um, 
although I'm sure there's always going to be an out, some element of randomness to that. Um, what, what do you, how much do you guys really, you know, really work on that? Because I just, I think like you guys are back in kicker labs, just, you know, R and D. Okay. <laughs> let's try to try every different possible spin and, and, yeah. and placement. I'm kind of like, you know, golfing with the wedge shot. You've got a bad, bad lie and you're going to try to get different spin or, or you know, a different amount of, of speed with the wedge and, and all of those things that can come into play. So um, talk us through that. Cause I, I, I think it's really interesting and the onside kick is as hard as it's ever been, but it's, it's kind of cool to see that creativity yeah. as well. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's very interesting. Um, when you look at it, like there's so many different like little tricks guys are doing now. Um, I mean, the one hopper used to be the biggest, like, the most popular kick, I think, where, you know, you'd line it up on the other hash and kick and make it high hop and hopefully you return it. But now it's, like, putting it sideways, you get a spin, so it kind of, like, bananas towards the the team. Um, I'm not, like, I don't, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that practice it, but I feel like, the high hoppers, it's not too difficult to do. Um, once you get the technique right, like maybe practice it once a week, like you'll have one session to like work on, on sidekicks and it's not in front of the whole team. I feel like you do that kind of by yourself. And then obviously there's like the little walk through the day before the game. Um, but yeah, there's so many different options with the onside and, um, yeah, it's cool, but I don't have I don't have like the biggest arsenal in my bag. I kind of have like the one hopper and then the the one the banana one. I think those are two good ones. But the banana one I think is the most popular one to use right now. There's just so much more of a chance to recover it, and it's tougher for the because um, they're used to having that kind of ball rotate and catch like that. But for it to spin, it's a lot a lot more difficult to catch it. And I remember we used to do that at UCLA and I'd aim for my buddy, Matt Lynch. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> and I would just hit it so hard. And if did, just trying to um, get him to mess up. But no, it's, yeah, it's so tough catching those ones. But, um, so it's definitely it, a fact, but. And, and, and is that random or can you literally get good enough at that? that mm-hmm. you can place the ball when it's spinning pretty much where you want. To. Like I'm going back to that wedge shot. Like if you yeah. get a good, if you get a good kick, I mean, I'm sure the randomness is in, you're not a robot, so it's going to be a little bit different every time. But if you get a good kick, can you pretty much put it where you want to in, in that onside kick situation when you get it spinning? Yeah, no, for, for sure with like your aiming and how much power you need. And I mean, that all comes from kind of just, um, messing with it a bit at practice. Um, so I remember, you know, at UCLA, like, I'd have one of the snappers, like, go exactly where I wanted it, the ball to land. So I'd just have him stand there, and I'd just practice, like, all right, what does it feel like? What do? I, how hard do I need to hit it to get it to, like, right by the, the, um, the sideline? Or, like, all right, if I want to get by the numbers, how hard do I have to hit it? So i just kind of tinker with the – the aiming and the power of it. But um, once you kind of know 
what it feels like, then it's um, kickers are pretty good with having that feel down where it's like, all right, I know where I need to get it. So I need to hit it this hard. And it's kind of just very instinctual. Cool. So question for you, and I want to be mindful of your time, but Maurice Drayton has taken over uh, special teams uh, yeah. for the pack. And um curious, just overall, big picture, like what's your interaction with the coaching staff? Because I, I've always wondered that, I guess, at the NFL level, because um, I know special teams – you know, coordinator is going to be looking at coverage units and, and there's so many different facets to the special teams. So I guess, A, how much are they like looking at your mechanics or is that more on you, you know, and B, um, have you had good interactions with, with coach Drayton pri- previous, you know, cause I know he was on staff last season. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I just, I uh, just want to wish coach Menenga the best. Um, cause I know he was let go and I, um, really enjoyed him as a coach too. And, all three of them, Coach Drayton and Coach Dew, um, awesome. Like, I absolutely love them. I think they're fantastic coaches, and I'm super happy and stoked for Coach Drayton that he's the new coordinator. So, yeah, I have nothing but great things to say. And I think at this level, honestly, it's like it's a lot – it's not more less babied, but I feel like, all right, you know what you got to do as a specialist. And I feel like with them, they help us, like – They'll help us return balls. They're very interactive, so they'll like catch punts. Um, they'll, they'll do all that stuff. So they'll film me. They'll film my sessions. They'll stand, see where the ball goes. But I feel like it's not to the point where, all right, yeah, like, all right, what are you gonna do at practice today? It's kind of like, all right, do what you got to do, but like, do stuff. Don't just sit around. And well, at this level, you're not gonna just sit around. But um, we used to do that in college. Um, but now it's like. I, I always got to do something. <laughs> well, and and that, and piggybacking off that, what what does what does like a typical day of practice look like then? You know, is it is it yeah. how structured is it at the NFL level, or is it yeah. you know you're going out there and trying to make some kicks, or you know what does that look like? So, um, so which day do I kick the most? I'd say it was the first first day when we actually practiced. So Monday, Tuesday was off, so we go Wednesday. So Wednesday, I'd usually get get to the uh, indoor like 20 around yeah like 20 20 minutes before the team started their actual like team stretch so I get there I'd um, get on the bike do all my like rolling out stuff so I made sure that I'm I'm ready to go um, so right after the team would do their their stretch they'd go outside and then we would stay kind of inside, just do our own thing. So once they went outside, um, I was all warm, ready to go kick. So I always start my kicking in increments. So I'll start with like no step field goals to make sure I have a uh, good foot to ball contact. And then I'll go one step just to slowly increase and I'll go full steps. And then my first kicking session um is super light like I'll just really take my time because I have plenty of time before I have to do the scout kickoffs so I'd just be with my sticks um just taking my time I'd probably get maybe like 10 10 to 12 reps so that's that's nothing and then 
closer to when I have to do the scout kickoffs, I'd start warming up like my kickoffs like 10 minutes before. So I'd do like a three step and then maybe two full steps into the net. Um, and then I'd have to kick about like, sometimes like I think the most I had to kick in one session was like nine. But at that point they're like, all right, you can have to juggle. I'm like, nah, <laughs> like I'm, I'm kicking all these, I'm kicking all nine. Um, <laughs> Even though it's tiring, it's like, dude, I gotta like, I gotta show them like, you know what I mean? Like, you really have to just you prove yourself every day. Um, but in between, it's like, I'll do some mobility stuff. I'll just, uh, if I'm not kicking, I'll just take my steps without a ball, just visualize, and it's great. There's like three sets of field goals inside the indoor, um, so there's always plenty of room for me to do what I gotta do, and then. Um, I would do the scout kickoff, so I'd be with the scout team and kick them, run down a bit and come back. And so make sure those were good. And then after that, Mason would have his field goal sesh with the, at the end of practice. Um, we would bring it up and then I would wait after practice. So they would film it and then I get Tipa, who's, um, on the practice squad. He, he's like a really good snapper too. So he'd snap for us and then Rod would hold. Oh, so really? set, yeah. yeah, we we get our set in after practice. Um, I just we didn't want to mess with Hunter and, and JK's operation with Mason. Like it's so dialed in. So even having to practice like the way I would hold it, like just just no point. So um, that's interesting. I didn't know Tipa long snap too. I oh mean, yeah, I wouldn't think the defensive guy would do it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh no, he's got like if he has to go in, he's NFL NFL caliber snapper too. So awesome. that's a big aid for him too. So it's like. Two one, um, and yeah, it was it was super chill. I loved I loved that kind of that way of practice, and it's it's honestly good. Like I like to get there earlier, and to kind of have to be ready for a long. Even though the practices weren't too long, just kind of having that. All right, let me be ready for a long period of time. It's kind of the way it is in games. You know what I mean? Like warming up two hours before the game. Games three and a half hours sometimes so it's like you're really in those in the uniform and like pads and like having to stay ready for for a while so it's like the more you practice that um the more you get comfortable with it but yeah the biggest thing in seeing is, is is really not to to overkick it's to to make sure you're you're peaked and primed up for sunday so it's like even though i'd like kick more especially for scout like i'm I know my role, so like nothing for me, but at the same time, it's like, all right, I'm going to get a nice bath after practice. I'm going to do all my recovery stuff just in case he gets COVID or anything happens, like I'm ready to go. Um, so yeah, it, it was honestly, it's like, it wasn't, it's not so demanding for us like physically because we obviously don't run as much as the other guys in practice, but mentally it's like, it's like, it, it felt good to come back because mentally like you're always staying ready. Like, all right, if I have to go, like, make sure I have my whole routine set during the week. So it's like, they call you on Sunday morning. All right, I'm ready to go. It's not like, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Um, so that's the biggest thing. It's like, yeah, mentally, it's it's not tough for a kicker, but to stay ready, to know that, like, you got to be ready for Sunday. Yeah. You're on takes, call, man. It sounds yeah. like you're on call all the time. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I was – 
not going to ask you about that, but bring it up, COVID. Um, I'm just curious, like, not so much from the preparing standpoint, because I think everybody's pretty aware of what the NFL's protocols were and how they handled that. But off the field, like, what were you guys doing? I mean, I'm just curious. What were you doing? Because, like, that had to have been so hard. And so I'm just wondering, like, and then what was the accountability like? Like, how are you, like, literally, was were you all just saying, don't, go to the grocery store, you know, just order in out of time or like, what was, what was the uh, deal? Because you guys as an organization seems like, especially second half of the season, you did a phenomenal job. You guys all seem to stay healthy. Yeah, man, you got to make sure you're masked up. You got to wash your hands. And it's really, it's like, you don't want to be the guy that gets it because you don't know who else was near you. It's like, you don't want to be like, Oh, stay away from that dude. And like, you have to quarantine. So we really, at least for me, I did nothing. Like, <laughs> I was in my hotel room. I didn't have a PlayStation. I didn't have an Xbox. I would play chess on my phone. I would watch TV. I would just kind of, like, isolate myself. And at that, it's like, all right, it's not fun. I'm sure some of the guys live with themselves, but that's your job. So it's like, I don't really see – it just kind of comes with it. That's, that's what the situation was. If you want to play football, you really got to make sure you're solid and not to do anything stupid. Um, so we can keep it rolling. Cause who knows three positive tests, the whole facility shuts down. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be that guy. So it's, it's just imperative that you just be really diligent in keeping yourself um, sheltered from others. And it's like, I, it's like at this level, all right. Yeah. A player, you, probably won't get like super sick from it just because we like healthy and your immune system's a lot better than um, most of the population. But at the same time, it's like, all right, what about your family members and stuff? It's like, there's always a possibility of someone coming back from school and you know what I mean? Like you're playing with adults now. So these people have families like, all right, can I be around my kids? But it seemed like there's no problems. Um, so, I mean, the young guys live together. Family guys are around their family at all times. So, they, you just got to be really diligent with everyone you're around. So, definitely in season, there wasn't any room for fun. But, I mean, that's the reality of it. Like, I don't think I, anyone wants to have fun. I think everyone wants just to be ready for practice and um, be ready to play football because that's what we're there to do. So, so it sounds – Go ahead. Go ahead, Wags. Go ahead. I, I, the only other thing I was I, I wanted to find out about spinning back the, uh-huh. on the field. Dane and I have talked a lot to guys, and just between ourselves, and um, how much that cold weather matters, and especially as a kicker, you know, they the Packers literally put you on ice for a few weeks. Uh, so you know, insert ice and kicker joke there. Uh, you're from Montreal, obviously. It's, it gets cold up there, too. A, do you feel like you have a little bit of an advantage, even though you did most of your kicking in UCLA and warmer climate in college, um, just dealing with cold weather and, and the, the aspect that that brings? And, and B, how, I mean, as a kicker, we know there's a significant impact from cold weather, but, you know, what are some things that you have to do that goes above and beyond? To deal with those elements, especially with wind and 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 with the 
um, you know, the pressure of the ball and, and all of the things that are going to come into play. With that. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's funny because I didn't, uh, I didn't go back to Montreal this past off season. So I haven't been in the polls for like two years. Um, but I mean, I grew up there 18 years in Montreal and it's like those winters get very, very rough, like cold. So, I mean, like after first couple of days, not going to lie, it was, it was tough. Like, but I got so used to it so fast. Like next, <laughs> I know it's, it's five degrees outside. I'm, I'm wearing my, uh, just wearing a hoodie. I got my uh, flip flops on with some socks and, I got I got really used to it and um definitely my Canadian blood um resurfaced over the college <laughs> blood. Um so yeah, I feel like I definitely have an advantage just because I mean that's what I was raised in. So for me it was like, all right, I'm back home. Like I kicked in this when I was when I was younger and um obviously at this level it's completely different, but just that sense of winter and being in the cold for some people that's that have never seen it it's it's very tough to kind of go from a cali lifestyle to can't really do anything without a a jacket on and a winter hat so it's a big shock for many people but for me it's like i would see that as an advantage just because you know i was born in that climate um and then second yeah it's it's like it's really 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 different kicking in the cold, in the wind compared to, um, compared to kicking in, in California conditions. Like, you know, I got to kick in the Rose Bowl for four years as my home games. Like, dude, come on. There's nothing more perfect than a September game in, in the Rose Bowl with the most perfect grass in the world. Um, and yeah, that's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, you really got to adjust. Like you can't necessarily hit your a balls anymore. Like your big, beautiful, uh, soaring, you know, big ball anymore. It's like, you got to tame it down. You got to hit it lower. You got to know what the wind's going to do to it. You got to know, all right, let's say I'm 48 yards back. What point is the wind going to move the ball? Like I'm aiming different on an extra point on a windy day, I'm playing the middle because I know the winds it's going to pierce it. But when I get back to a certain distance at what distance is the ball going to start to move that I have to adjust and like, all right, what kind of trajectory do I have to hit? And like, and it was pretty cool because the windiest day was, I think you guys remember, I don't know if you remember that day, but it was, it was zero degrees and it was like, 20 like 50 mile an hour winds. I don't know if I'm exaggerating or not, but and Mason had to kick the end of practice. And I remember I was doing my scout kickoffs and I was going with the wind. So I'm hitting them like six yards out of the end zone and the zero. Like the most unrealistic thing ever. And I'm just popping these up and they're flying out of the end zone. So I'm like, oh dude, I can't like imagine what Mason has to deal with. So I actually did my set after him, but to see the way he would play it to see how he can really bring a ball down and he knows exactly when the ball is going to move to see his setup. Like it was just, it's like, Oh my God, dude, like this is crazy. And then the more reps I got, I'm like, dude, I, I can't kick in this because there's nothing blocking it. So it's like a really extreme win. But then you realize it's like, 
your body starts getting adjusted to what it feels like before you kick, just being set up like it as a, uh, as a kicker, it kind of messes with you mentally, like to, to feel that wind coming into your face. Cause then you're starting to tell yourself, all right, I got to get more into it. And then you start kind of deviating from your process. Whereas you just kind of take that into account before you take your steps. Cause once you're ready to go, you're ready to go. It's like, took everything into account. So I think to compartmentalize, you know, the process, all right, I'm standing behind the ball. I know what the wind's going to do. I know how high I got to hit it. Like I can't hit the craziest ball because the wind's just going to take it. So I got to take less off. I got to take some off of this. All right. I'm going to aim for the left upright because I know when it's five yards away, it's going to start to move towards the middle all right, take my steps. Now it's like, all right, good ball, breath, like you're not really worried about the wind anymore because you're aligned. So kind of seeing how he would compartmentalize and play the wind. And, you know, when it's colder, the ball gets flat. So it's like, all right, now you got to kick it far with the ball that's not going to go as far into these crazy winds where it's like you don't hit it well the wind's going to take it. Like you really have to hit a good ball or else like, man, I hit one literally I hit it a bit thin and popped up. And I swear the wind took it probably like 20 yards to the right. Wow. So it's like, not only do you have to account for the wind, like what the ball is going to do, but you got to make sure that you hit a pure ball. And did you say thin? You hit it thin. What does that mean? So it's let's say I, let's say you hit it thin like you kind of hit it off your toe a bit and you don't hit the sweet spot you hit it a bit low on the ball so let's say like this is the ball right here yeah like sweet spots about like three quarters of the way down you hit it too low the ball is gonna have too many rotations on it and it won't have a piercing ball flight so it'll kind of just go up and not have much velocity and when that happens the wind's just gonna take it so like when you hit a really pure ball the rotations decrease and it's and you're able to pierce it. So it, it kind of just goes through it instead of just rising up. Um, and that, that's the thing. It's like knowing when to hit those balls, especially in the NFL when you're playing in green Bay and you're playing in Chicago and you're playing in all these windy cities, it's not about hitting the prettiest ball and the biggest ball. It's about hitting it. So, you know, it's going to go in. And that's what Mason's been able to do for the past I don't know, in 20 years, <laughs> like, right. like right. such a high level. So, yeah. So what I, I got to ask you, this is off topic, but what, what, uh, what did you study in college? Because I, I think you, what, what, if, tell me if you don't mind. Yeah. Sociology. Okay. So sociology, do you get a double major in physics? Because being a kicker sounds like there's a lot of physics involved. So there's, my gosh. There's no, there's no way I could do that, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, like, I love space. I love science and I love like quantum mechanics and like kind of briefly learning about that, but I'm not smart enough to even put in the work and effort to actually study physics and what well, if it makes you feel better uh, i was an english major in college and wags what did you study history 
Yeah. So we're, we're all in good company here. Hey, we're, hey, we're all we're all in this boat together, man. So the, the, the arts the arts degrees they just yeah they just I, off big time, I got my paper that's all I, I'm worried about, man. Yep. <laughs> Listen, I I've got one last question for yep. you. Completely off topic from football. Wags and I and some of our buddies like to head up to Canada. Uh, we ski and snowboard and you know, just kind of go out. So Tim Hortons, we love Tim Hortons. Yeah. Um, and so I'm uh, sorry if this is a, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, an off question, but I have to ask, like, are you a Tim Hortons guy? Is that just hype? And, yeah, and, and, big Timmy. <laughs> so, okay. So you love Timmy. And then what should we order next time we're up? There? Yeah, oh man. Um, coffee. When I used to go to Timmy's, I always get a double, double, which is two creams, two sugars. Um, so, I mean, in French, in Quebec, it's called a tea, a tea matin, which is like the breakfast sandwich. So you get a, a tea matin in, avec une saucisse, which is like a sausage in French, uh, or you get a, a bacon tea matin. The hash brown's really good. Um, the chocolate chip muffins are really, really good. They got like these like sugar crystals on top with the chocolate chip. Yeah. The, double, the double chocolate one's really good. Uh, the donuts are very good. What else, man? Some of the sandwich. I even go there for lunch, honestly. Like the <laughs> is really good. Um, but yeah, Timmy's coffee is different, bro. It's like <laughs> it's a it's a national icon for Canadians. <laughs> it's better than Starbucks, honestly. I don't know. There's no competition. Tim Tim Warren's the best coffee place in the world. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, we. We appreciate your time. I guess it's, you know, I, I wish we could have talked a little bit more about this, but, you know, I guess before we let you go, um, we talked a lot about golf and like your, your path to the NFL and the Packers. Um, but, you know, you're a real person too. So can you, you tell more of the fans, you know, who you are, maybe a little bit about what, what your off-field interests are and kind of, um, you know, what, what, what defines you as a person as well? Yeah. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, damn, it's tough. Um, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd say like, I mean, yeah, like fans always look at football players and I did too, like, oh my God, it's an NFL player. And then to be in this position, it's like, you got a lot, a lot of stuff to balance, whether it's family, financials, training, raising children, like, like you said, like, we're just regular people too. So there's a lot of different issues that we deal with, whether it's mental health or, you know, physical issues or little stuff that no one really sees, but I feel like everyone has those kind of issues and, and problems in their life. I mean, like we're all normal. Um, but yeah, for me, I think it's, I, being a good, kind person, like doing good unto others, not, you know, treating people with respect, you know, being humble, um, you know, being gracious, uh, you know, doing a lot of work for others, less fortunate people. And, you know, I'm in a very privileged position. So anything I can do to give back to the, to the community, um, I think those are all very, you know, important traits that a person should look for, um, you know, and being um, and how they should carry themselves. I mean, we're not we're not perfect. I mean, everyone makes mistakes and stuff, but, you know, it's 
just appreciating life. You know, I mean, this is such a such a gift from God to be able to, you know, experience life on this planet. And, you know, um, and the way I see it, it's like, dude, it's. Yeah, we're football players, but. I don't know. Um, it's just a great, you know, it's, it's a gift to be able to play the sport. And I feel um, just really grateful to be in a position to, to be part of a team and to play something I love. Um, and I think really football has become my identity. And I associate who I am as a football player as the years have gone gone on especially this past season but outside of that like outside of sports and outside of football um it's funny because actually i started a a record label with my buddy um snoop Dogg's son cordell broadus we played together at ucla so you know i love music we started this label a year ago we actually have a couple songs out. One is called Bron and Bronny with um, him and his dad. It's on Apple Music. Um, but yeah, we have a couple projects ready to put out soon. So, you know, I, I love music, love sports. And then, yeah, just being, being a good person, man. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's like being humble. Honestly, like being a good person, being humble, like, I think those are the biggest lessons I've, I've found because like life always finds a way to, to humble you. And I felt like I was humble a lot this past year and, and just to be, to, to, to live with a sense of gratitude because tomorrow's never promised and, you know, things could always be worse, but like, dude, we're, we're in a human body experience in life. Like, you know, our, our soul lives on forever, but we're in this place and this this place and time in the universe to to experience life together. So I think that's the greatest gift is um, being on this planet, which is for me it always blows my mind when I look out in space and look at the stars and um you know we're all in this together. So I think everything is interconnected in this world. Um, and yeah, it's like karma is real. So treat everyone with respect. Stay humble be a good person, do good to others, give back, and then you'll live a a very happy life. (laughs) For sure. I mean, you know, you seem like a very spiritual person, very deep thinking person. uh, That definitely comes across. So as big of fans as we are of Mason, and we hope he continues to play a long time, we're rooting for you. You seem like a great guy. And if you have an opportunity to put some roots down in Green Bay and uh, be able to give back to the community, um, that's it's a special place, uh, yeah. and, and I think that hopefully you've seen a little bit of that. And the fans really embrace that. So, um, so anyway, thank you so much, JJ. It's been a pleasure to get to talk to you and and to learn all of what you've been able to share with us. So, um, really appreciate that. Before we let you go, we always yeah. ask, can you give us a go pack go? Go pack go. <laughs> thank I love you, JJ. No, thank you so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. we'll see you at camp. We're we're excited to see you in person. Thanks. I love it. All right. See you guys. Take care.